Um, hello, I've, I recognise a few faces around the room, but um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Andy from Plymouth University. Um, I was asked to talk about placements, and this is very much from a, from a practice and also someone that works a lot with students in this area. Um, but also, um, one of my dissertation students from this year has just produced a dissertation looking at um, undergraduate attitudes towards placements and their impact on the deployability. So I'm going to draw some of the examples I provide from her, her dissertation as well. Which is, you know, good for her as well, because she's now putting on her CV that her dissertation has been presented. So. Which helps with employability. There's a, there's a wonderful serendipity to all this. Unfortunately for me, I do have to rush off if Francois will allow me to get out of the room um, straight after my talk and questions because I need to be back. I have a childcare issue in Cornwall. I need to be back in Cornwall by five o'clock today, so wish me luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to collect my son from karate basically because my wife's away. Um, I would have loved to have stayed for the day because this is, this is a topic that I'm extremely passionate about and I've probably been doing open days at, at my university for the last 15 years and the one thing I say at every single talk I give is regardless of where you end up, do a degree that does a placement. Because on the other side of it I have interviewed countless graduates in my time. There are two people on the panel who have done placements and two people who haven't. One of the two that have done a placement will get the job every single time that has happened. I can remember one a while ago with one of my own students up there, he was doing a computing course which had an optional placement, he hadn't done the placement. I said to him, why didn't you do the placement? He said, I wanted to get to the job market quicker. He didn't get the post because there was someone else there who had done a placement who could ask the question to demonstrate experience far more than him. A little bit about me first of all then. Um, that's my current Facebook profile picture there. I don't hang over out with Angry Birds all the time. But I, I do use um, digital technology a huge amount in my work. It's great to talk about something else other than my main research area. I, I generally seem to be spending my entire time talking about children's pornography at the moment. So it's great to, to be here talking about something else. It's a strange world I work in, really. Most of my work is around young people and technology. But equally, I have been very much involved in policy development and particularly at, at my own university but also across <coughs> the country around student employability in a practical sense. I'm a strange professor in that I'm a professor of external engagement, not a professor of research. Um, so I'm far more comfortable standing in front of 200 practitioners talking about um, the sorts of work I do rather than 50 academics. So, now I'm, being, I'm being slightly facetious there but, but most of my work is is around the society-academia interface. I also work a lot with the British Computer Society on academic accreditation, so I spend a lot of time travelling around the various universities in the country um, looking at the fitness for purpose of computing degrees for industry for the British Computer Society. I was recently at Southampton Solon, I've already been talking about that, which was a fantastic visit, because the first thing we do is sit with students and go, tell us about the place, which normally tees the day up either one way or the other, either this is going to go well or, oh god, we need to book the taxi to three because they are not going to let us leave. So, um, so what was great at Solent was the students were extremely positive from the outset that they were there to get jobs in the IT sector. Completely coincidentally, any of you remember Maggie Philbin from the telly? I'm looking around at different age groups in the room now. Um, Maggie Philbin got in touch with me um, last week. She's been tasked by Ed Miliband with looking at the skills gap in the digital technology sector. 
It's something she's very passionate about herself. We had a roundtable discussion last Friday, and the question was posed. There's a big skills gap in the tech sector. Tech companies are saying we need more and more graduates. How come there's such a high unemployability rate amongst computer science graduates? Let's just throw a question to start off with. Who's heard the term computer science used outside of academia? What? <laughs> you're at school, you're doing IT, you talk about your passion for digital tech and things, and then you get advised, oh, you want to work go and do a computer science degree. You graduate, you leave, you go and work in the tech sector, you don't work in the computer science sector. Yet we have, we're in the middle of it, computer science. What was, what was really impressive about Solon, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, I'm saying if you were here, here was that it was very much aligned to the needs of industry. Because when I, I do it every single preview day, after day I do, I have a room full of parents and applicants, I go, right, hands up who's not planning on getting a job at the end of this. Which is a wonderful thing because none of the applicants put their hands up and all the parents look at them. Don't you bloody dare put your hands up. And it's something I'll come back to. Um, I'm now in a business school, which sounds a bit strange given the work I do, but can anyone think of a business that doesn't use technology? Yet, on the other hand, if you look at the quality of IT education in business schools generally, it's not that great. One of the big anyone from marketing here? One of the biggest growth areas in marketing, well, probably the only growth area in marketing these days is around digital and data. Very much technology focused. Certainly the marketing degree at my own institution, marketing degree at other institutions I visited, not a huge amount of digital in there at all. And I've had this discussion with my own department for a long time. I remember saying four years ago, you need digital in there. The reason why? When do you want to do it? Not that there's no need for it. Well, who are we going to get to do it? Which is like a, a pretty poor excuse to, um, to not deliver something. And I met with an alumni of mine two weeks ago. Uh, he graduated off business administration. He's got a job as a marketer in a charity. He said, I'll tell you what's different now. I said, let me guess, you're doing digital data. He said, yeah, I'm doing, that's the only thing I'm doing. Why didn't we do it at university? Don't, don't get me started on that. Um, I know what a lot of you are thinking. Industrial year, 20 years, it doesn't look old enough. <laughs> but the reason I say that is because I think my industrial liaison started when I was on my own placement doing my degree. Because that's when it started to make sense to me. Why I was there, what I was learning, how it all married up together. And from then on, I've been very much involved. My PhD was very much involved in mobile comms <coughs> across Europe. As soon as I became a lecturer, I was looking at curriculum development and similar. Um, and increasingly, I do policy work and lobbying around these sorts of areas as well. So, very much from a practice-based approach here. Um, but let's, let's have a look at the sorts of things I'm going to talk about. Let's start off with a nice, big, philosophical question. What is the point in this? We as academics, we as people who work in universities, what are we there for? What is it we do? What is our contribution to society? And I'm going to draw from some government policy around there, but I'm also, any Daily Mail readers here today? Couples today, that's fair enough. I'm going to draw from the Daily Mail because I think the Daily Mail does represent quite strongly public opinion. Uh, my in-laws are all farmers who've lived on the same farm for 350 years in Cornwall. They think, well, last time someone asked one of, the, one of their farming friends was around there and they said to my brother-in-law, what did Andy do for a living? Something with computers, I think, was the response. 
we do have something of a disconnect. And I think sometimes reflecting on public opinion and you know, taking the extreme position is an interesting one. So I'm going to start with that. I'm going to draw heavily on comments and commentary from my own students. Every year I've got a small class of 230 in the following year. This is something I'll find on as well, just as an aside. When I did my inaugural lecture, my boss introduced me and he said he's that rare thing a professor that teaches. And he seems to enjoy it as well. Why should that be rare? I find that quite unusual that they say, oh, look at him, freak. Shouldn't he be sitting in his room or something, you know, thinking about hard things? Um, so, so I'm going to draw very heavily from my own student class where I ask them to reflect on their time in higher education. And it's always fascinating to see that, so I'll be drawing a lot of quotes from that. I'm going to look at the value of the placement and I'm going to look at um, the impact on the student in that. But I'm also going to look at, are we missing a trick here? By the focus of the placement generally being on the student experience, are we perhaps selling the potential of placement short? in terms of bridging this gap between academia and industry. <coughs> Drawing from my own experiences, from, from social dissertation and stuff from my own students. So let's start off with the male. I hear about this all the time. This roundtable discussion I was having last Friday, there's someone from Job Centre Plus there going, um, well, it's terrible, they, they pay so much money for degrees these days, they should all be doing apprenticeships instead. And... Um, Immediately we had someone from one of the local grammar schools on the table with us and this lad just went, there aren't any. But it costs a lot of money. That is a big investment. And I talk to people at 16 and say, and you talk about you don't have to pay it back until you, you know, you've graduated and you're learning and things as well. But it is something that's seen as an investment. Equally, because of the work I do, I spend a lot of time in schools. And even when I'm in primary schools, I've done quite a lot of work on, on video gaming recently because it's a great way of looking at see, you, see how you'd hook people's passion into, into careers and focus. And I went to a primary school a while ago and I said, um, so I'm from, a, from, I'm from a university, what's the university? A couple of the kids went, oh, it's, it's like a school where grown-ups go. I said, yeah, that's absolutely right. And, and why do people go to university? To get better jobs. Mm -hmm. This is a response of 10-year-olds to why people go to university. <coughs> But a comment from a reader from the Daily Mail on this one. People shouldn't go to university. I love this. Having a degree in Harry Potter studies. I know Plymouth University was um, roundly criticised, particularly by the Daily Mail, quite a lot over the years because I had a surf science degree. You've got a degree in surfing, that's ridiculous that is. Now given that tourism is one of the biggest income generating um, areas of the economy in the southwest, and a lot of people do work in that area, um, and it wasn't just about surfing, it was about the biology of it, the environmental aspects of it, all those sorts of things as well. But the comment that I thought wonderful, doing Harry Potter study, people just go to university to doss around. It's a waste of taxpayers' money for people to go there. Why are they doing it? We should have fewer people go to university. This was a comment, a, a, a parent actually came up to me, well this is a dictionary, but a parent came up to me at an open day, swaggered out with a big grin on his face. Well, you know what academic means, don't you? Go on, have no practical importance. <laughs> Chuff straight away. I mean, that is one of the one of the definitions of academic. There are other definitions as well. Do we really think this is this is what we're about? Do, do, do we think this is what what is us? We have no practical relevance. We know have have no importance to society. We are entirely inwardly facing. I have heard the word ivory tower 
so much about academia over the years, it really does fall into tears. If we look at the perspective in the 1800s, though, with some of the leading thinkers of the time, this is the challenge you've always got, particularly when you start to explore around employability, as I'm sure some of you in the room would have come up with this experience as well. We need to have more employability in the curriculum, but then we have to push out subject-specific stuff, don't we? I don't think that's the case at all. And I don't think degrees should just be about upskilling people for jobs and sending them out the door so they walk into jobs. There is something else there as well. Otherwise, why aren't we just sending people on training? Why do people come to a university rather than within the IT sector doing a load of training courses, doing their Microsoft certifications, doing their Cisco certifications, then getting jobs? Unless there's something else to the degree. And there are a couple of wonderful statements here. It's not about the profession, it's about becoming a more rounded, more socially aware individual. It's about making us better people in the world. Interestingly, at the, at the foreword for the EDGE report that came out in 2011 that Glasgow University produced, um, again, Lord Baker is saying it's not just a conveyor belt for employability. People will become employable because they become more rounded individuals. But of itself, we shouldn't just be saying, right, this week you're going to do presentation skills, next week you're going to do CV writing, week after that, and eventually you will come out and you will have a degree, and you will get a job. However, there are some different perspectives as well. This was something that really wound me up when this, when this came out in 2010. Now, the point they were making was the university model at the moment is wrong. And the expectation is you get to 18, you go to university, you come out with your degree, and then you go off and you do the rest of your life. And why is that? And I know, speaking to friends and myself, I'll always say to their kids, you talk to Andy, Andy will tell you to go to university, and I go, well, you don't have to. Sometimes it's not for people. Why is it that? So I can see where it's coming from. But this, this comment here, the kind of club med application, I thought really was quite insulting. Um, there are some people that agree with him, another, another Daily Mail reader on that same point. I'll just let you read this before I find something. Really? <laughs> Has anyone seen a student on their campus walking around almost totally naked? <laughs> They were possibly in the city. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> but again, this, the implication here is you just go to university to have a bit of a doss about it, don't you? Um, and there was a lot of talk around the time of the change of government about two-year degrees being the solution to Two-year degrees are, why does it take people so long to get a degree? They're wasting the summer, because, you know, from May until September, what are they doing? just going off to festivals and getting drunk and smoking marijuana. It's terrible, it really is. Um, any of you got experience with two year degrees here? Now I must admit I'm not a big fan. Um, uh, we, we, offer, we offered two year degrees in computing and business. I was involved in the development of both. Um, my concern is that it's all too compressed. Yes, you could say, well, let's look at the traditional academic year. Late to September. So the gap there, well, if they were studying then as well, then maybe, so we developed a computing curriculum, we developed a business curriculum, that was five years ago, we no longer do the computing two year degrees. 
um, and we still do the, the business two year one, but certainly um, it's nowhere near as popular as it used to be. And I look at students in May, coming up to May now, I'm friends with a lot of students on Facebook, some of my colleagues think I'm absolutely insane for doing that, but as a teetotal vegetarian there's no dodgy photographs of me anywhere in the world, so I think it's probably fair enough. And you see them as human beings far more. If the only time I ever interact with my students is in a room with 230 of them sat there looking at me, it's not a great way of learning about them as human beings, but I find social media very powerful for this. By May, they are knackered. They've been working very hard, regardless of what, oh yeah, just tossing on There's comments about, right, it was dissertation submission day last week, some of them saying I've been up for 72 hours to finish off my dissertation. Poor time management, I suggest. <laughs> but, you know, they are working hard. They, they put a lot of effort in because they are putting in a great deal of investment. And the idea that in May, straight after your exams, you go, well done, come back in three weeks, we're going to start the project management module then, is a worry, I think. And certainly those of my students who did do two-year degrees who were reflecting on it, the vast majority of them were saying, I wish I'd have done a three- or a four-year program. I don't feel like I'm ready to graduate yet. Um, three months from graduation. On the other side of it, what do employers keep on telling us they want? Experience, applied knowledge, team working, applied intelligence. <coughs> if the only thing you've been doing is going from module to module to module to module, great, you might have to grade, but are you ready? Say starting at the age of 18, graduating at 20, are you really ready to become that rounded graduate, the sort of person that Adam Smith was talking about in the quote from there? Because really, why do students go to university? We've heard the opinion of 10-year-olds, but why, why is it that students go to university? Two comments from, from my own students here. I use these two because these were from two different essays, three years apart, and both of them are using the term stepping stone. We are not the end point. We are the means to the end. And I think that's very, very strongly understood by our students but maybe less understood sometimes when we get into actual policy and strategy at a university level. <coughs> and look, most students cite people. <laughs> um, which again is an interesting one because, actually I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one, I'll show you a comment in a little while. But, but back to the Daily Mail again. If they're coming to university to improve their job prospects, yet by the time they finish they're not getting jobs, where does the problem lie? Is it them? Oh, I've just been Sarah, three years getting drunk and walking half naked around the campus, it seems. All those daily mail readers taking photographs of them. Um, is this really the case, or, or what's going wrong here? Going back to this stuff, we've got a marketing program at Plymouth University. The first question they get asked to do is, what's your experience of digital? They go, I haven't done it. I find it incredible that I could have a, a student graduate in business management, and when they ask about IT strategy or data protection implications of IT, or any of those sorts of things, they will come across, because the idea that you're going to go into a business and not have some influence around that team is, is quite worrying. And I am, myself, delivering a new module next year for current issues in IT, which looks at where IT fits in the business world and also the social world as well. Not in the way, let's teach you all to code, because that's not what you need from a business perspective, but an awareness of what IT does for a business. I think it's very important. And a comment from, from that Edge report again. Like I said, I've been doing this for about 20 years. 20 years ago, what were employers saying that the most important graduate skills were? Communication skills, team working skills, awareness of the world. 
2011, what are they talking about here? Communication skills, critical thinking, you know, it hasn't changed. I think the thing that, that Helen and I were at um, at Westminster a while ago, there was a chat there from the National Council of Graduate Employees. One of the things employers look for, live intelligence, team working, critical thinking. It hasn't changed. We've known this for a very long time. So I think that the, the problem is we then go, universities aren't doing it. And I don't think that's the case. I think sometimes universities don't provide as good a approach as they could, but sometimes some universities do a fantastic job of doing this sort of thing. But it is interesting that it doesn't seem to have changed in terms of what employers are looking for, yet we don't seem to be improving. I still get the first years doing the, the group presentations where they're stood in front of their peers three weeks after starting, shaking, like mumbling and stuff, and you know, we get some sort of sadistic pleasure from it, but we also think, you know, this sort of thing is very, very important because they will be asked these sorts of things. And even a while back, one of my funnier students, oh, I don't like doing teamwork, can I work with someone else? Because <laughs> oh, in four months' time, when you've got a job, you can go to your boss and go, oh, I don't like Jim, can I go and work with someone else, please? And they sort of look at me as if I'm the world's biggest asshole. <laughs> but you know, there's, there's a, a re the reason we do teamwork is not because we're lazy and we want to mark less essays, it's because it's something very, very important. But there is an issue in the teamwork should be assessed properly as well. But how do we address this, and really, should we address this? Going back to the philosophical perspective of why we're here. My last Vice-Chancellor, God rest his soul, Roland Levinsky, was of the view that employability was something that was resolved as a result of having a strong academic learning experience. If you became a good problem solver or a good critical thinker, employability was something that you could do after you graduated. My current Vice-Chancellor, when Sell, doesn't think that at all. She talks very, very passionately about the student experience and employability being aligned very much with what the students are there for. And that goes back to talking to ten-year-olds, to talking to applicants, to talking to students at university. Because this was a comment from a two-year degree student. He was a mature student. <laughs> I think what we've done here, though, is failed this student in articulating why part of referencing is important in what we do. Because I talked to students about presenting a critical argument, getting your point across, having an evidence base. I was in Parliament yesterday talking about the difference between policy-based evidence forming and evidence-based policy forming, because most government policy is, let's create a policy now, let's look at the evidence to support it, even though they came it's the other way around. But here's someone that I can't see the point in the academic stuff. Well, I think we probably failed him in doing that because he came to us, he, he wanted a career in IT, he thought to get a career in IT, teach me to program, I'll leave, I'll get a career in IT. But it's not like that time. Mean, looking at your experiences in terms of the Southampton Sun, of course, it's not just about coding, is it? It's about looking at all the other things as well. The position of IT <coughs> management, how you manage. Given that um, WhatsApp has just been sold to Facebook for $16 billion, which, as an interesting statistic, is twice as much as Steven Spielberg's films have ever taken. It's amazing. For a company that employed 30 people, that suggests that computing is not just about coding, it's about entrepreneurial activity, understanding finance, understanding the needs of society and industry as well. And I think that's where you get strong employability, not just from... Here's C++, now here's SQL, now away you go, go and get yourself a job. And I think the placement experience is absolutely fundamental 
in reinforcing the academic discipline in a practical experience. Now I'm going to focus very much on the year-long placement because that's where the vast majority of my experience is. But it also does tie into shorter placements and those sorts of things as well. But most of the quotes I'm going to draw there are from people who went on a year-long placement experience. Why is it why is it so good? Let academics do what they do best. Talk passionately about their subject. I've met more academics who are more aligned to their discipline than they are to their institution. That's quite right too. You know, I've, I'm someone who works in marketing. I'm someone who works in computer science. I'm someone who works in child online behaviours. I'm not someone who works at Plymouth University. I'm not. So yeah, fair enough. And they have a huge amount to, to give. I, I work with Steve Fennell, who's one of the leading speakers on information system security in the world. He's the head of computing at Plymouth. And he has a massive amount of passion for the subject. And he knows so much about it. But he also knows that he doesn't know what the leading edge ed of industry is doing in this area. So he works with him to do it. Employers are great at making it real world. I hate it when I see the term real world implying that us at university don't know anything. You don't know anything about the real world. When have you ever had a real job and all that sort of thing? Um, but there is a certain nuanced appreciation that, yeah, there are <coughs> issues in terms of how we apply. Are we the best people to say this is the leading edge of the industry? We can say it's the leading edge of academia. We can say it's the leading edge of research. But there are many disciplines where arguably the leading edge is the and the students, they benefit then from the best of both worlds. They have the two years of instruction, they go away, they do a placement, they come back, they have their final year, they know what they're there for. Two comments, two very, I should stress, pretty much, and I'm not just saying this for effect, pretty much every single one of my students who did a placement last year when they wrote a reflective effort in their time at university said it was the best part of their degree. A couple of them said it wasn't what they expected, and one quote I'll show you in a minute, but these are students saying it should be compulsory for everybody. And I think that's really important. They're seeing that it's the best thing from their degree. It allows differentiation. It provides you with competitive advantage. When 50% of the population are coming through with degrees, how do I differentiate? And going back to those basic employability skills, the classic question around give us an example of a team working situation where you have to resolve a communications issue. If you've been on placement, you've done that. If you spent the last two years doing your two-year degree where you've done nothing but group essays, and well, it was really unfair because we got given a group and, and he never came out of the pub and it was, you know, it's just a completely different way of expressing how you resolve these sorts of things. This was a this was a lovely one though. This was, so, this was one of my own placement students from two years ago. She was placed in an office environment. She hated working in an office environment. But she took a very positive start on it. She said, well, I want to be a teacher. I don't know why I did this. But now I, I really know that I'm not suited for the office environment. And that's a really positive thing for me. And, you know, the employer was like, we, we know we've only got her for a year. She's actually very bright. We're giving her interesting things to do. We know she's not going to come back. We, and I talked to her and said, look, office environment's not for you. And it was, a, it was a great thing to see her getting a lot of positivity from something that could have been her going in every day going, I hate it. <coughs> but it's not just, I'm sure some of you, some of you who've done probably far more research than me in this, in terms of student attainment, we know, we see, when you see at the board at the end of the year, the first, the two ones, you go placement, they don't placement, they don't placement, and it seems to me the higher grades will be the ones who've got placement. 
and here's the student himself. I was just coasting. And then I went on placement. Then I realised what I was here for. <coughs> then I realised that what I was learning, it wasn't just about going to the pub or it wasn't just about hanging out with your mates. I was there to try and develop myself. And now I really want that first. And it's really, like, really made me reflect on what I'm here for. And I think this should be compulsory because it's changed my life. But also, <coughs> going back to the Adam Smith comments, here's someone that came back, he felt, a better person. Now, interestingly, he was doing a placement in the Alps. He was doing like a ski school in the Alps. He was on an international business program. But he learned so much about the environment and the fact that the snow wasn't as good as it used to be and they didn't have as much cold weather as they used to have. And he was seeing climate change happening in front of his eyes. And it made him engage with that whole climate change debate far more strongly because he was there and he was engaged with it and he was doing it. So it's not just about... Is it something you can put on your CV? Is it something where you can say, all right, I've done some team working, I've done some ops, I've done some accountancy, that's made me a more important person. It is going back to the liberal education lesson to reflect on these sorts of things. So from the student's perspective, and I haven't just cherry-picked the best ones there, I haven't got an essay where someone who went on placement said they hated it and it was rubbish and they wish they hadn't done it. In 800 essays over the last four or five years. However, there are issues. And where do you think those issues might come from? <coughs> I've paid fees, someone's come to see me once for half an hour, then they've left. And I've been told I've got to write a report at the end of the year. Same similar thing in, um, in far more blunt terms, again, the university was telling me to, to write stuff, which actually was getting in the way of my job, which I've heard countless times myself. Why have we got to do this report then? Well, because we need to assess your placement experience. But why do you got to do that? Interesting position. When I moved from computing to business school three years ago, within computing, it's mandatory that all academic staff visit placement students. I moved to business school, the default position is opt-out. You have to ask if you're going to go, if you want to go visit placement students. I find this strange. Why would academics in a business school not want to go and visit companies and visit students and find out what's happening in the real world? And every year the placement coordinator sends out an email going, I'm really struggling, is there anyone else that can do a couple? And you know, in some places, because like I said, I visit, I visit many institutions around the country, some places I go, so how often do the academics go and visit placement students? Academics? Now we've got placement staff that go and visit placement students. That's the, all right, fair enough, on one point, the students are getting in contact from the university. But there are, there are issues, I think, with the placement, and I don't think they're issues to do with either the employer or the student, I think they're issues to do with us. How do we assess the placement? Should we assess the placement? We need to ensure that they didn't spend the entire time making tea or you know. But if you had more regular contact, and it was more of a, a mentoring sort of thing, <coughs> then surely you'd be aware of that anyway. 
are we getting them to, to write their placement report in case someone comes back and goes, I've had no support from the university. Oh, well, look, look they've, they've written this report which demonstrates that we've been engaged with them because we've been asking for milestones all the way through the placement experience. And one of my biggest concerns is how do you get, because when I speak to applicants, before they come, pretty much all of them go, I'll come here because I want to do a placement. By the time it gets midway through the second year, lots of them are. This year in the business school, we advertised around 1,000 placement opportunities for around 300 students. Many of them aren't applying for placements. So, so what, what's happened? What's happened since they got to us? They've now made them think, well, I'll just get my degree and get out. That's, the, that's a real concern for us. I have two, two major concerns. First of all, we massively over-assess. Again, I see this through Facebook. When someone's got three assignments in a week, we're not going to get the best quality out of them. I looked at um, one student, um, well, just chatting to one student. In term one, he had 14 assessments that term. That's at least one a week. And I mentioned this to a couple of module leaders a while ago. I said, do you think we maybe we over-assess, particularly on the coursework? They went, yeah, we probably do. I mean, I've got three in mind, but I definitely need three in mind, but others could probably reduce it. <laughs> Well, because I've got to give them a test, and then they've got to, you've got to give them a test. Sounds like a strange thing as well. But also, are the tutors understanding the placement? Surely the first thing, how you get on with your placement, are you applied for placement? Oh, why aren't you applied for placements? Or do we not really mind too much? You can do one if you want. There's, there's someone advertising them, going to them, but, but I don't mind whether you do one or not. I, every, every single student I, I speak to, they're getting towards the end of the second year thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure I said, oh, this is bloody stupid, go and get a placement. There's still lots of opportunities out there. The three companies I've been at in the last couple of weeks, they again say, is it too late to ask for placement students this year? But there definitely seems to be a disconnect there. <coughs> because I think we're really missing a trick here. The placement is not just work experience for students. The placement is a bridge between academia and industry. How do we know what industry you're looking for unless we're talking with industry? And yes, we can say we're experts in our area. Fair enough, we can say that. But can we... It's only weirdos like some of us in the room that stayed in academia after doing other research. The vast majority of people will go and work in industry. So surely we should be aligned with what they're doing. Because if you understand the leading edge, you understand student destination, surely you can then start to better support students with career aspiration. My students come to me and go, oh, what, what's an assessment centre like? I, go, I haven't got a clue, I've never done one in my life. Why would I have done? I've had this academic career for my whole way through. But now I know a lot of people who work, who, there are some companies that say, yeah, we'll give them a dummy assessment centre. That's very positive as well. Aligning curriculum with need. I hate using the term product as much as I hate using the term student as customer. I can't stand either of those terms. But we have to understand that we are offering something to students and they are investing in it. I did actually have this conversation with a bunch of my own students a while ago, whether they felt that they were customers, and they said they didn't. And one of them said, well, if I am a customer, can I have a warranty on my degree? Which I thought was a wonderful way of um, dismissing that whole opinion. Um, but they are service consumers. We have a service level agreement with them. We don't just go, give us the money, there's your product. But we do expect them to engage with the process as well. But they have an expectation of service level, surely. 
And part of that service level surely should be, we know what people you're going to be talking to when you graduate are looking for, and we will make it part of our role to ensure that by the time you get there, you're the best you possibly can be. But also, you can do research. You have good LinkedIn to company. You can do research on those things as well. That, that other thing, the, the, the R word, that I'm going to sort of like focus on a little bit just to finish off here. How many of you are in a position where promotion is based almost entirely on the publications you write? So, you know, you can go, well, I've done, I've done some really good curriculum development now. I know that we've, we've aligned a lot of our programs. Oh, yeah, but how many papers have you written this year? Or, well, so-and-so there, he hasn't left his office for three years, but he wrote blinding papers, so he's going to get the promotion over you. There does seem to be something of a, referring to it as institutional split personality disorder here, which again is why I think, oh, I was so impressed by Solid, is from the strategy down to the staff, you seem to be clear on what you're doing, which is to develop students who are ready for industry. What I get sometimes at Plymouth is student experience is so important. It's the best thing. It's so important. Oh, shit, we've got the ref coming up. How, how's things going for the ref? All right, well, okay, well, don't worry about that for a while. Make sure we need to get... And then it's back to, well, employability. Employability is absolutely fundamental to what we're doing. And there are big tensions there. And I go to places like Imperial... I went to Imperial a while ago, it was great, because the, the head of the department for computer science at Imperial was a teaching fellow. I was amazed, I was expecting to see research professors think The students were so complimentary about the teaching there, and I said to the head of the department, where's the researchers? And she went, we don't let them near the students, are you kidding? Which I thought was, was quite a nasty comment to say about the researchers. But, but equally, it's saying you can do these things differently, but does everyone have to be in the same boat? Saying, right, if you want to be an academic, Research publication is the only thing that gets you promoted. Why shouldn't it be about industry liaison? Why shouldn't the, the, the perennial argument around ref submission time is whether KTPs count. Well, knowledge transfer partnerships, there's a lot of money in them, but it's not really research, is it? But it's much, you know, it, it, it is strange that we, because we are pulled in so many different directions, and maybe we're not sometimes focused on the, some of the things we came to the big. We are looking at the placement purely as a thing that helps our students rather than helping us. And I think that really is a really is a problem and something we should be doing more about. Or maybe we will be as as we move into this competition-based marketplace and we have to look at what's it the term you always hear distinctiveness in the marketplace as well. So maybe there will be a differentiation thing. But I think at the moment we are really failing to exploit the potential placements beyond just student employability experience. Thank you.